Who needs a fucking intro? Intros are you know so what? fucking hack. You, you know, know what? How about this? How about this is part of the format of the thing? You make the fucking guests do the intro. Yeah. All right. Well. All right. So you got to kick us off. Like Ramping. a restaurant where you got to bust your own fucking table. And shit. Yes. This is our <laughs> inaugural episode of Piss and Vinegar, and you are our first guest of honor. Well, I feel very honored to be Piss and Vinegar. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm assuming this is we're going to rant about shit. Or... Yeah, and if we run out of shit to say, we got the wheel of random topics back there behind us. Oh, you guys just love that Actually, fucking wheel, don't you? Hard outs. Bring it past. I'm going to have to get one of those wheels for the next hooker I get and just uh, put prices and uh, things that she can do. And two wheels, yep. one one for prices and one for things. You spin it. Oh, you got runaway screaming again. Yeah. <laughs> that's just all it is. That's implied. That's that's how they all end. Just a bunch of zero dollars and runaway screamings. <laughs> all right. Let me say, though, this is the first episode of Piss and Vinegar. Hopefully our seven... I'm Vinegar. I'm Piss. He's Vinegar. (laughs) Wait, who's Vinegar? Who's Piss? Right? Shittier. All right, that's what we're calling. All right. Let me start this whole thing over. Because this is called professionalism. Yeah. It's finest. (laughs) Did you get a haircut, Jay? Uh, like a week ago, I think you I had like, it in our you last It looks like you're going to a job. At, you go, it looks like you're going to an interview. I am I'm about to interview Jeff motherfucking Lampton, the loose cannon of comedy. Loose cannon of comedy. Loose cannon of comedy. In this, the first episode of Piss and Vinegar, our new podcast. We're getting rid of the buzzer because all of our stupid asshole guests saved all the best shit they had to say for after the fucking buzzer anyway. Yeah, right so when you stop it? recording, they, they become interesting. Right. <laughs> Boring fucks. And so, then our hard out episode become like almost three fucking hours. Yeah, and I was going to say, when Chris and I did a hard out episode with you probably a couple years ago now, Jeff Lampton, the loose cannon of comedy folks, he did this entire interview from a bathtub. (laughs) He's sitting in a hot tub in a jacuzzi tub in some fucking Kentucky motel or some shit, right? Oh, that's awesome. Horse Cape, Kentucky. Yes, drinking long necks. That was a good one. We talked about Motley Crue's The Dirt, which is not necessarily your favorite movie, but definitely Motley Crue. All the my favorite movie series. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I just chose the dirt because I figured everybody else would have took like space balls and my cousin Vinny and Goodfellas and Dude, I went on a run recently of watching reaction videos to my cousin Vinny. I watched like ten different reaction videos to my I cousin. I thought Vinny. that sentence was gonna say I went on a run. I'm like, you ran? With, <laughs> no. Were you being chased? <laughs> Dude, I wouldn't run nowadays if the cops were after me and I did it. <laughs> I was like, fuck it, you got me. Take me away. You've been running, huh? You lost some weight. Who, me? Yeah, are you just not eating like a diabetic anymore? Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. You lost a bunch of weight, right? Yeah, I gained a little back. Uh, My life's been a little different the last couple months, but now I'm losing it again. Okay, so we were were, uh, trying to figure this out a few days ago when we were talking about having you come on. Um... And well, when we were talking about having you about pitching you for this and coming up with a time, uh, what the fuck do you do for a living? 
Yeah, you drive. What some do you kind do for money? Around. Why are you traveling around? What is it's going like on? He drives Dracula's coffin around with uh, the dirt in the back of a semi. Like or you shit. and Scott Tulaney are always like on the road somewhere. No, I'm back in Milwaukee. Um, I I can't really go into details too much because I've got to look out for. Uh, is it stalker. the Illuminati? Uh. The Kuntalati, I don't know. <laughs> oh man, just, <laughs> careful. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just gotta, I gotta be careful about what I say publicly. Um, yeah, but I mean, I'm still out there doing comedy and doing what I can and everything like that. But, but you um, had some job delivering type shit, right? Like driving around state, interstate travel, kind of. Um, no. Okay, perfect. <laughs> did you ever, Jay? Did you ever see that? that uh, did you ever see the clips of the uh, when the serial killer called into Howard Stern? Yes, Chris and I yeah. have talked for this years. This is what's about, happening right yeah. now. Trying to he's figure like, out who that serial like, killer is. He's like talking like this. Just very. Uh, I love to. I love to kill them because they're whores. We talk back. But you know, I, I forgot who I was talking. About. Yeah, I was doing a, a show a while ago and. Um, that same week that Dahmer was released and somebody in the crowd said like, Oh, Jeff from Milwaukee. I'm like, Oh fuck, here we go. So it just kind of got me on the top topic. I mean, everybody at some point has thought about killing somebody, you know, but maybe a lot of people don't kill a person because they might find out that they actually really like, like murder is like potato chips. Like you can't just stop at killing one person, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? So like, if you were to become a serial killer, hypothetically, Thornton, because Gall, he, we already know he's a serial killer and he's got a trail of, of but what, what would your theme as a serial killer be? Me? Like, would you, yeah, would you be a hack serial killer or would you like? I mean, considering I'm a binge eater, cannibalism could be <laughs> in the mix. I don't know. Would you turn it into like a cooking kind of show where you like cook them up all like Rachel Ray or Guy Fieri cannibal? Several people have said I should have a cooking show, but I can never think of an angle and that would be one. That's a fresh angle. That'd be a good one. I don't know. It's something I'd have to give a lot of consideration. Like I think I would like remember how Gall wrote for a year before he tried stand up? Yeah. I'd probably have to spend a long time crafting my own serial killer persona and modus operandi before I killed the first one because like there's said, nothing more that, like more awkward Pringles. than a serial killer like coming out and they're not fully formed it's awkward right. to watch do right. your fucking you, homework do your back work get an identity and then show me yes. yeah we don't want to see artist development with serial yeah. killers we want there to see be, there should be serial killer open mics before you're yeah. ready <laughs> fucking we need like think... an american idol for serial killers too <laughs> that would be actually fun too that'd be a great reality show you're real stabby, dog. That's going to be a no for me. <laughs> so, uh, like, you got ambushed. You had no idea you were about to be on a podcast. Um, no, I did not. If you knew you were going to be on a podcast, would you have dressed like that? If I knew I was going to be on a podcast, I wouldn't have come on a podcast. <laughs> exactly. But, but it's you guys, so I have no problem with it. Yeah, uh, you, know, you know, there's no buzzer to save us in this one either. Holy shit. I guess by that token, it could be 20 minutes long if we wanted to. 
we get a dud guest like Lampton here. I know. I'm always a dud guest for you guys. <laughs> if it if it ever gets to the oh my god, what are we going to talk about next? Just have it tell the fucking pickle story. The pickle story again? Yeah, it's not like anybody remembers uh, that old episode of Holy Clowns. I think it was he told the pickle story. Holy on. Clowns. Yeah, Dude, I is had this a, our I... third podcast? Jesus Christ, what are we doing? I had a very similar incident. Uh, the grape parking lot grape. The yeah. other, at a Walmart, there was a grape by my car, and I, I was tempted to eat it because it looked really fucking good. And I don't like grapes, but it looked good. <laughs> that that oh rainbow sheen of like uh, coolant and shit on it, or something, right? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was almost like a trap. I'm I'm thinking if I would have bent down to pick it up, like a big net would have came down. <laughs> kind of like what I was worried about the driveway pickle. They were just trying to cat catch the driveway fat guy. pickle. I could see you qualifying as like a Walmart parking lot Yeti kind of thing, some kind of <laughs> legendary creature that stalks Walmart parking lots. That sounds about right. <laughs> My God. Abducting well, what have you guys children. been up to? I haven't actually talked to you guys in a long time. How the hell well, you we made doing? a movie called Cactus Jack, which this episode is brought to you by. We're selling out. And then we're getting all the people with the, the with the movie thing, and the, they look at it, and then they say, "Yeah." <laughs> Jerry Lewis is fucking pitching Cactus Jack. <laughs> That's why I just had to do a podcast with this guy. Smooth talker, you, yeah. Some my cousin Vinny talk there. So is this going to be a weekly thing or monthly or whatever? We, we got one weekly like spelled W E A. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty weak it's pretty weak thought we were starting off with a bang here more like a whimper as usual weekly would be great weekly would be so now tomorrow we're talking to uh to dylan avery from the, the loose change documentaries guy oh really yeah and apparently he has some alex jones stories that he, he, he and alex with. jones kind of started out like the truther thing sort of together and yeah and then what happened how did well, Alex for, Jones work? That's Dylan's story to tell. All right. Yeah, you have to tune in. Like and subscribe. And you'll find yeah, out. That's, that's, it's always the best way to like and subscribe to a podcast that hasn't even started yet. <laughs> we didn't even <laughs> yeah. know it was There's existing. a page. <laughs> Look for Piss and Vinegar on uh, let me write YouTube. There is a page. Piss and Vinegar. Yes. All right. Well, why don't we jumpstart this podcast and then fucking get into some piss and vinegar or whatever the whole. Well, this yeah, is awkward because even... we're almost done and you don't even think oh, it's right. started yet. Oh, well, you got to plug. Right. <laughs> and what that was it, kid. Besides old ladies. Uh, oh, me? Yeah. I got nothing to plug. Uh, even if I have shit to plug, I'm not plugging it. <laughs> where are you doing your comedy? Are you still doing that random shit where you just go in a gas station and do comedy to people? Or <laughs> I, I still do that. Yeah. Um, I forgot. I got like uh, Minnesota, Iowa, Indiana coming up. Um, taking like three weeks off just because I'm fucking really sick and burnt out right now. But. How many yeah. times have you quit comedy and come back to it? I'm not quitting right now. I'm just taking a little break, but quit and come back, I think, twice. Yeah. Once I was forced to quit. Yeah, forced to quit. And then the other time I voluntarily quit. And... You were forced by health issues or audiences? 
<laughs> the uh, audience politely asked yeah. to quit. Yeah, yeah, they're like, "We'll we'll we'll pay you extra if you just move on dot org." Come kind of back. Yeah. I started it actually. Yeah. <laughs> cheers! Oh, speaking of cheers in Milwaukee, and by the way. When you said I'm back here in Milwaukee now, is that not one of the just saddest sounding statements ever? I'm back <laughs> yes. in Milwaukee. It is, ugh. Speaking of Milwaukee, it was fucking snowing today. Cheers to Mike Shank, the Milwaukee yeah. legend who gave up the ghost recently. Yeah, sorry, um, Mike. Mike Shank from American Movie for all those non-Milwaukee folks out there. I would have loved to have had him on here. I'm reminded of the uh, of the old Bill Hicks uh, line. Engines. <laughs> where uh with uh when john lennon uh was killed and uh yoko was standing right next to him it could have been the other guy from america <laughs> i'm just ouch. saying ouch <laughs> and then yoko said <laughs> Yeah. Well, Mike was such a nice fucking guy. I don't know about you, Gil, but I worked with him about six times. And, I only uh, met him a few times at like at like events and stuff. Did he, he do stand up? He was always a super solid guy. No, he did music. So yeah. usually uh, I was doing stand up, and he was doing music, or else he was doing like a guest appearance with Orchard. He was good, right? Like musically, yeah, with classically the guitar trained and... guitarist or something. Yeah, yeah. That I don't know, but he was really good on the guitar. Oh, trained. I just remember even in the documentary, just like, whoa, this dude, kind of a savant. I barely remember the documentary. It's been so long. Dude, the documentary is fucking awesome. All timer. Yeah. I remember just... living in like Virginia and seeing it like, dude, this is fucking awesome. Then we moved here. We're like, dude, we got to find Borchardt. <laughs> Did you ever work with him or? Nah. I've seen them around. I think I ran into them at Landmark once when I was just hammered back in the day. Um, did you get out on them? Or? What's, nah, nah. Not by then. By then, I, you know, just realized nobody's important. Nobody matters. There's no such thing as a celebrity. That's a, that's a very great attitude to have. Nobody matters. Nothing matters. Nobody's important. Nothing's yeah. important. Fuck it all. Why well, try? Give up? Yeah, Bukowski shit, basically. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, don't try. <sighs> Speaking of Bukowski, writers, drunkards, novels. You've been working on a novel for like three years now, huh? Yeah. What are you gonna do about that now that you found that other that thing other that thing doesn't fucking matter? Kind of. Um, I'm a mountain out of a molehill. Well, it's been three years as of October twenty seventh. Okay. I started it the day in the hospital, the day after my heart attack, first heart attack. So it'll be three years and uh, three weeks. Um, I don't Every know. Every time Lampton has a heart attack, we reboot our podcast into some other fucking <laughs> entity. <laughs> so I'm trying to catch up with Gallagher. I think he's had like nine. Really. Yeah, yeah. So I maybe it's the hammers and the watermelons. Maybe I can't get Gallagher numbers because I don't smash watermelons. Do you have a brother you hate who like stole your act? Isn't no. that the whole Gallagher story? Have you heard that shit? No, my brother's one of my best friends and he don't smash shit. His yes. brother is cool as fuck. We should have Chris on too. Sometime. Oh yeah. If oh, you he, know, is, well, he, oh, is he the guy who makes those paintings with the yeah. paint can lids and shit? Yeah, he's starting yeah, to do glass art awesome. now too. 
Yeah, really good stuff. Really yeah. good stuff. I'm sure. sure he'd love to give you one to put in the background for the podcast that nobody else is going to watch either. We just sold our house. <laughs> I'm going to have to dismantle all this, unfortunately. So we really? have to build a new set. Yeah. Where are you moving to? I don't know. Undisclosed location. <laughs> See, now you know how I feel with the questions <laughs> right. earlier. I can't talk about I'm not about so much it. worried about our fans, but any of your fans that hear this, I don't want them knowing where I live. I like that you think I have fans, right. or if anybody knows who the fuck I am. I'm sick of your mom trying to track me down. <laughs> well, you do owe her a hundred bucks, you know. Yeah, you like know. I did run away screaming. <laughs> Call that. What, what the about- fuck? Or should I spin this thing? I'm really liking that fancy haircut. I'm just mine. Yeah, you got a little bit of, you got a little bit of gray in there. Oh, dude, look at this. I got, like, this thing in gray that's just, like, right here. Like You look like George Clooney. <laughs> or Rosemary right. Clooney or something. Yeah, that's more like it. I was about to say the same shit. I look like that other character from Roseanne, John Goodman. Um, well, before you spin the wheel, what what is the, the whole theme of the podcast? I mean, it seems self-explanatory, but we really haven't worked ourselves up into a lather to... We kind of wanted to get away from themes that was the whole thing of like first off i love all our filmmaker people but i'm just sick of talking to filmmakers about their films and shit we just want to bs about random topics talking to interesting people who live in really depressing looking places like that that you're showing us right now (laughs) oh if you want to get in depressing and fucking uh no hope then you come to the right person yeah it's basically the point of this podcast is we want our subscribership to dwindle because every episode at least one listener commits suicide after hearing it (laughs) i'm so crushingly depressed well why don't we just start a cult and just fucking try to get mass suicide a thing again i mean i know Gaul has expressed interest in the past and I've made I've made a couple of serious attempts at the cult thing, and then uh, it just kind of falls apart. I I lose focus, and uh, I can't even get these people to steal a prosthetic arm for me, let alone kill themselves. Well, we've offered. You just haven't followed through. That's what I'm saying. My follow through is the yeah. problem. Well, maybe there's an ADHD cult. To, <laughs> you know. Like, if, if you were going to try to convince a bunch of people to commit suicide, would you do it like Heaven's Gate and Jim Jones with the Kool-Aid, or how would you do it? Would you go for something more dramatic other than just taking a drink and going to bed? I would make them kill each other. I, w- I would make them split off into pairs, call even odd, even odd, even odd, and then you have to do it to each other in front of me. Like Mortal Kombat style, or do you get weapons? or No, there's not a fight. It's like it's like if if you and, and and Jay were like, okay, I'm a one, I'm a two, you'd have to stand in front of me and we'd flip a coin as to who gets killed and the other guy can't fight. You just like get to cut his throat. And that he, sounds and kind he of, says thank you. I'm assuming he says thank you before he dies. And the whole time, both of you have to make eye contact with me and you can't break eye contact. That's awkward. It's like pissing in a, at a urinal a next to I can never guy. keep my heart on when there's eye contact involved. Ex- exactly. How am I supposed to masturbate while I'm killing somebody <laughs> exactly. if I have to look them in the eye? How am I supposed to masturbate while I'm being killed? I'm, I'm going to find a way to do that. <laughs> I mean, I've almost done it when I died. <laughs> I can, you guys remember yeah. that dude in Germany who put out an ad to have someone eat him 
speaking of Dahmer and shit, do you remember yes. this? It's like 20 years ago or something, I think, but he put out an ad like, I want someone to fucking kill me and eat me. And some dude answered it and did it. I can't <laughs> believe that Germany would have a freak like right. that. What are the odds? I mean, that's why you see that Germanic influence here in Milwaukee, specifically Wisconsin in general. It's part is, of it. So is Dahmer now like back as a like a cult figure or what exactly? Uh, I'm getting a weird reading on the on the environment regarding Dahmer because now people seem to be looking at him from a form of empathy and compassion. Um, well, there's that, but there's also the woke crowd who looks at him as a homophobe. Homophobe? He was so he yeah. was gay friendly. I mean, he loved gays. Right. They were his favorite flavor. Exactly. <laughs> if anybody was pro LGBTQT, it would be Dahmer. I mean, right. He's picking them out of his teeth and shit. What do you want from exactly. me, guys? Exactly. <laughs> it's rough. It's rough. You can't please anybody out there these days. Yeah. You can't even be gay and kill gay dudes without being anti gay. He's like I Ryan Gosling in The Believer, that self hating neo Nazi Jew. No, I didn't see that. It's a good movie, except Ryan Gosling always looks like he wants to cry. I go. so much. <laughs> they just caught a new serial killer out in California. Did they? Yeah, he killed like six people. It's a black guy. See, you know what? Let us have one fucking thing. <laughs> we got the It's going to be like golf all over again. Uh, it's going to be a black James Bond. We need, a bla- we need all female Ghostbusters. We need a black James Bond. The black Tiger guys Woods can be serial killers. <laughs> but he wasn't posting Tiger Woods numbers because he got caught after like six people. Right, <laughs> right. Well, I have a theory. Let me That's see if you guys support this or not. <laughs> I have a theory that we have far less serial killers now. They just become mass shooters instead. Because you can't get away with it like you used to. There's so much surveillance and fucking cell phones everywhere. There's a like, camera on every corner. Yeah, that Zodiac type shit. You, you can't do that. Well, Everybody's- maybe it's maybe it's because like the serial killer, you gotta be low key for a while to get those kill numbers up and then generate a buzz about you're being captured whereas now everybody wants instant gratification so they can go out and shoot everybody and get on the news within five minutes fucking entitled punks can't put in the time and work to build something to pay your fucking dues right you know take out a few single moms at a time or whatever and fucking work your way up to some notoriety that's great practice yeah single moms yeah they just want to run out there and fucking we're 15 20 minutes into your third podcast and we're already on an fbi watch list (laughs) i mean as it should be badge of honor as usual as if cactus jack hasn't put you on a permanent watch list yeah we're on the southern poverty law center's watch list for sure (laughs) so uh, how's everything going with the distribution deal we sold out a few times from Did like, you really? Walmart was out of stock. Amazon <laughs> sold out the first day. Barnes and Noble. That hate monger shit goes quick at Walmart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that first, that first batch, which was probably like thirty copies. Yeah, who knows yeah. how many copies the distributor um, sent to? I was, I was doing research, and they, and they, they say that the initial run is typically like 10, five to ten thousand. And you've already sold out on the first one. We sold nah, out. There's the first no way they print that much of our movie. You know? I don't think. Yeah. Um, 
that's like probably but like real movie <laughs> but they're doing like there's a there's two websites that are doing pirated um michael gull cactus jack leather vests for 139 dollars, and they have like my picture from the movie how fucking surreal is that? That's fucking weird. Like man. Celebrityjackets.com and like did you buy one? one? You should buy no, one. I have buy the real one. one. Yeah, but buy one as a <laughs> as a goof. You know, some little kid in Bangladesh making these things and shit. <laughs> what else can you bootleg? Your tiny whiteies. They have movie have... posters up that they that they that are bootleg. Movie posters your... have been up for like three years. Yeah. On, They're like you twenty bucks eBay. for a poster of it. You want to so. really fuck with people? Put Mick Foley on a cover of a Cactus Jack poster. <laughs> you'll sell like a million copies, but you'll get about fucking five million death threats. That's like half of the comments we get. We're trying really Foley, hard right? to get Travis Scott. Yeah, to hate us. The rapper Travis Scott has this whole Cactus Jack empire he's built. Is that the dude who had those uh, deaths at the Astrodome? Yeah. Yeah, the yeah, guy who killed all those people. Yeah, he, <laughs> he viciously only... murdered those people. Right, right. Uh, whatever happened with that, I haven't heard anything since everybody blamed him for it. Well, it was. A, it turned out the investigation. It, it turned out it was a mass suicide because his music fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never even heard his music. He did get one really music. testy DM from somebody. You want to tell him about the DM he sent? <laughs> I sent him. <laughs> this is this is what constitutes guerrilla marketing for a film like Cactus Jack, by the way. So, so I it's sent funny. him. I just picked up this book, Guerrilla Marketing. There right. you go. Well, sit down and take notes, motherfucker. I sent him <laughs> a series of DMs uh, on his uh, on Instagram uh, to both his Cactus Jack profile and his person, his his one, and they were first links. To where you could watch cat because it's on Amazon Prime. You could buy it or rent it on Amazon Prime. Also, Voodoo for the streamers, and then all these different places for the DVD for the Blu-rays. And I sent him these links, and then I sent him a DM saying that I was the real Cactus Jack and he was a poser and all this shit. And that the irony of it is that I'm supposed to be the racist, but he's responsible for killing black people, and I'm not. <laughs> I haven't killed any actual black people like you yeah. have. Like, yeah. oh my god, you audacious motherfucker! And we've been talking for months about we got to do something with this Travis Scott thing. But what's the right play? We should be strategic. Maybe we I should start antagonizing this motherfucker's. Like, oh yeah, I DM'd him. <laughs> I want to start wearing his merch and shit. No, no, but I'm going to keep going. We all we need <laughs> for real. We need to tag him in everything we do so that his because his. He won't respond to me, but, but he'll respond to his fan base. And if enough of those people know that this is a thing, he'll get word. And well, how many of them are left? Then we're gold. He's killing them off in droves. He's got like 46 <laughs> million followers. I know, it's crazy. He how just needs to say our name once. How many people died at the Astrodome? Like was it six? Like nine, I think. No, nine? six, nine? but there was a nine-year-old kid, which is oh, Jesus, awful. Which I wonder, what the fuck were you doing with a nine-year-old kid at a Travis Scott show at like 11 at night? Like, whatever. Maybe it was one of those R. Kelly piss things. <laughs> There's it's a whole, some... whole crowd you're missing is the R. Kelly fan base. Cactus Jack, I mean. True. There's piss. What would you call it? 
piss games. <laughs> I, I mean, I could water imagine. Works. What do they call it? There's some kind of term. water sports. Water sports, yeah. Not that I know that what that right. is. I, I just guessed. You <laughs> spray your sticky diabetic piss all over them until they crystallize like donuts encased in sugar. <laughs> what is that? Piss games? Water works? <laughs> what do you call that? Uh... <laughs> we both sound like old men. <laughs> Uh, you kids it, uh, nowadays with your piss games and your waterworks. You spritzed them. You spritzed them. How has that not become an Olympic event? Right? The water right. sports. Wait until Germany hosts again. Yeah, no shit. I think they're the <laughs> ones who probably invented water sports. Probably. Came the shites of movement, right? I mean, if they aren't the shit, piss can't be too far behind. Two girls in one cup came from, right? Germany? No, I think that was like San Bernardino or something. Pasadena, oh, really? <laughs> I thought that was German. No, I don't think so. Were those I two girls in the and ein cup. <laughs> I don't remember any Lederhosen. <laughs> any Hefeweizens. Let's, uh, all right, now let's spin the wheel because I feel like we're just going to gravitate right back to serial killers. That's I don't true. know why I'm in a mood for serial killers today. It's probably on the wheel in a couple of different variations. All right, now this wheel, I got to warn you, it likes to like land on the same thing all the time. I keep trying to tweak the tension on it, so it's fucking legit. But and some of these subjects are old. Like we might be talking about Will Smith slap and shit. Who knows? <laughs> Is the guy with one arm on here? I think I took He's him off because we here. talked about him. Oh, you did take him ago. off. Good. Drink piss. This is one again. Gold favorite. Oh, liquid wrench. This, this is called the the the. Is it really say drink piss? No, that's what okay. it was when it was the wheel of in torture the movie, and Cash Jack. Yeah. Oh, okay. Available now on Amazon Prime, Vudu, and Blu-ray through Amazon and other retail providers. Well, is that what the director's cut? And the uh, you guys are doing commentary? No, no. We have to do one of those. When we get the rights back, someday we'll do that. Or we'll just do one for this channel and just stick it on fucking YouTube. And you know what else needs to be on the DVD is the original ending. It yeah. should be it should be two. They should mm. get both versions. I, and I, a commentary I, track. I like the ending, but I wasn't expecting it because I was expecting the ending I was told. And with the with individual the I was told. Upstairs that, or whatever. Or... Yeah. And I was expecting uh the particular person to be in it if did we ever that, even record that ending we never shot that no but mm. i remember but we, we could do about it brian green do it come oh, be the guy one. who comes after me yeah, yeah that was an idea that you guys threw see i my, was expecting that one my original idea wasn't that it was just that somebody comes for him upstairs and you never know who it is and you just hear like this epic heat style gun battle while we're just stuck in the basement on the still static shot looking at the empty shelf for all his cans of beans and shit were, and we just hear like this eight minute long gunfight. That would have been a good ambiguous ending. Yeah. That's what we were going to do at first, but then once he decided to keep the documentarian, that had to resolve itself. And, you know, have it you became uh, less interesting, unfortunately, but have you heard from Hillman after the film <laughs> was released? Did he see it? You want to explain to the audience what that's all about? He did not see it. Um, he he was gonna see. Well, okay. So a couple of years ago, he took my headshots and the 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 headshots that I now use. And he came to he came to the escape room 
and we used different locations there and took these really took these really good headshot photographer. If you're looking for headshots, get in touch with Hillman. Um, and I told it, and it, it, it was after it had come out, the original, the the digital release when we were selling it through the website. Um, and I gave him like the code to be able to watch it and everything. And he said he was going to, and I never heard from him again. Mm. <laughs> so it's funny, I had the same reaction with three fourths of my family. So I'm going to say yes, <laughs> he saw it. And his he's, silence is his review. His, he's a film buff. He loves movies. He loves pop culture. I just don't understand how we don't get the concept of what you guys were doing. Yeah, some people just get triggered and can't see the forest through the trees. Yeah, I mean, he. there are a lot of people who, who share his, his point of view that just don't even want to sit through enough of it to get it. Like Which they is hear fair. The first, they hear the first five. And, I mean, in the first scene, once the once they're shooting the documentary, I I say the n word like five times. I say faggot like thirty times. Yeah. And there's just a you know some people are just like okay, okay. Dude, my it. wife will never watch this movie. I ain't mad at her. It's not it's for a, everybody. But fuck it. I'm not trying to force anyone to watch it. No, it's no, I get that, but Hillman of the people that we know would yeah, understand. Yeah, being a cinephile and yeah. A stand-up comic who was trying to push the envelope and had a joke that was causing problems and he got all offended because people got offended. I would think that he would be uh, not what, triggered. You know? These waters are so murky, aren't they? These triggered waters. Everybody's got everybody's got everybody. I don't care how badass you think you are. Everybody's got a trigger. There is something. Right. There's something that What's your I, I know i think i know what yours would be which i weird this is why i'm not going to say anything about it but there's a mine yeah there was and then if if you went into a certain territory you'd be like okay you know what that's not fucking funny anymore oh, let's hear what my trigger that. is let's hear what my trigger is i think yours would would relate to disrespectful things about your son or something yeah yeah, uh, fathers. There's rights a line for everybody. Issues. There's a line for everybody. Well, I'd still fucking join in on the in the humor. But you probably wouldn't way. talk to me again. No, I probably would. Like, I mean, well, but you're that's a good like question. Let's, let's ask this: If they were doing a roast of the loose cannon comedy, who's is they? that fair? Like, anybody? If we, if one whoever, person if would show up. Don Rickles, fucking whatever. If after your star making appearance on this podcast today, <laughs> Howard Stern catches wind of you and they do a good old fashioned in studio roast like they did for Artie and Baba Booey and everyone else. Baba Booey. Reverend Bob Levy comes in and starts dropping jokes about your son and that whole issue. Would you be able to handle it in the name of comedy and roasts or would you be like, I'm fucking murdering everybody because it's such a. Painful. Obviously, I can't say, but uh, I would, for the most part, I think I'd be able to handle it. It would depend who and what and 
Like that's the question. Is it off limits because it's so personal? Or is that the very thing in a roast you're obligated to go after because it's the personal thing that hurt you know what yeah. I'm saying? Roast and I think, the roast. That's yeah. the personal thing you yeah. go after. So but, but you raise an interesting point, Jeff. It, you say it depends who and what. So going back, circling back to Lampton, uh to to Hillman, it's me saying it, and he already yeah. thinks I'm a dick. Right. Okay, I get it. I get. I that mean, I now. made him. I made him cry. I made him storm out that one day he was on the set because I was so doing a bunch of trans he was stuff. Possibly going to play the documentarian. We had him come in one day, and yeah, he got Gullis super triggered that day because, <laughs> I mean, maybe there were some blurred lines between some jack shit and some of Gaul's act he was talking about, but dude, it was nothing. I was there for it, and it was all recorded. We had the tape somewhere. So basically, Hillman was there with his preconceptions of Gaul already, and he just thought it validated his opinion. Yeah. Right. And so, then I start doing a rant about how women are cunts or like black people aren't human or trans stuff thing. or the gay was, stuff. And he was just like, okay, this is just an excuse for Gaul to like have yeah. a zero filter. <laughs> was, he, was he very far off on that one? I mean, he was. I didn't write this shit. Jay wrote this. <laughs> I'm just a puppet. Well, okay, it was uh, it was a tricky thing because we were filming shit where he was saying anti-trans <laughs> shit, but then just us being all grown ups and kind of comic types. I'm not, but you know what I'm saying. I'm obviously down. He then said, "I had some bit that I was kind of thinking about, and you talked it about was, this." No, it was the bit I had done it the night before yes. in Sullivan. So you brought up that bit, which bit. and it was kind of like a body dysmorphia thing you know what i mean like based right like yeah and the and we, it was basically based on, on it being a mental illness and actually the line there is one line in the movie that came from that bit part of my act the you want to know what gender you are reach down the front of your fucking pants if you have an inner you're a boy if you have an outer you're a blah 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 and that made it in but that was part of my whole rant thing and Hillman, Mary, was, Hillman had to. And again, everything leave. has to be taken in context. It's not like his his comedic bit that he did on stage in kind of this persona is like anti-trans and right. he wants to fucking exterminate these people and shit. Right. Everything in context, right? But I guess those lines got blurred for Hillman. And he was very offended by the idea. And this was what was telling him. This is where I came down on it, that the idea that you're stigmatizing it as a mental illness and that's a negative and you're like wait 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 i'm yeah. not saying having mental illness is anything to be ashamed of or fucking he was the one kind of right. inferring that it's it's punching down to talk about mental illness yeah. or whatever. oh you have cancer what a loser right like it's not a, it's not accusatory it's it's if you're mentally ill and it's visible i get to notice it well Basically, anything is punching down these days. If you're a if you're a white male, I don't. I hear the word yeah. cis all the time, and I don't want, know what it means. But I always say, or I always hear, well, cis is this and that. So straight white males, especially older males, if they talk about anything, they're punching down. And you can't even have self-deprecating humor anymore because if you go after your own self and your own issues people are shutting down it happened to me a couple of weeks ago i was being a re i was i was throwing out some hardcore fucking just some of my shit and they were loving it and then when i when i went to my self-deprecating shit they just shut down like i want i started to talk about my dis 
eating disorder and all this shit. And this is material that usually has killed from the very get go when yeah. I first started doing it. And this is the hardest that ever died. Self-deprecation is supposed to be the safest bastion for a comic because you're not targeting anyone but yourself. Exactly. But if and someone if someone shares those characters, so you're talking about overeating, like fat shaming, or and, you're and shaming. being overweight, you got a fat guy in the audience. <gasps> well, I think what happened was there was a waitress who was very large, and I think um, maybe they thought I was making fun of her. Um, but I mean, I was going pretty deep into but that's them being doing a bulimic that. that's and everything. Them. That's what's fucked up. Yeah, that's what's kind of pissing me off. Well, the other thing is, the other like, thing is, you're you've never, you're not like a like a huge obese fat guy. You're Wisconsin. You're in, you look like you're from fucking Wisconsin. Now I do, but when I was four hundred pounds, I did it. Right, but you're Damn, up there looking like that, talking about being a fat guy. But I, I mentioned the fact that I lost 200 pounds, but yeah. I talk about the fucking massive binges I would go on and then yeah. throwing up and then how shitty I'd feel when I'd see starving Ethiopians and Somalians after I just binged, you know, and it's just like, dude, that shit doesn't kill. It, you, it, it always <laughs> did. It always uh, did until this is the first time it ever. I mean, dude, well, bombed. I would say bringing up the Sally Struthers kids these days is probably just a com- comedy no-no in general. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't. I, uh, I everything's don't. a protected class and shit. It's you know, disgusting. And, they're, they're, but they're not. They're not. I'm not using them as the punchline. I'm using no, them no, no, as no. the. That I'm the punchline. Because you're using them as a, you're using them as a toothpick after you eat the whole fucking. <laughs> That's well, what mean, the triggering is, though. The triggering is. It's the concept of no it. anti-intellectual. It's hearing a fucking word that makes you go, eh, bad word, bad word, hit the alarm. Eh, exactly. Fucking throw out all context. It's fucking childish. That's the exact issue that be- people listen for the word like a dog listens to the word treat, ride, right. walk, eat. They don't know the context before or after. Like if you say the N word, but if you get up and say, one of the worst words in the world is the N-word. And they're just going to hear the N-word and they're going to call you racist. Right. And not That's... saying, you know. Jeff, Jeff, do you remember, this was, oh God, how many years ago was this? It was probably 2008, 9, 10, something. Hinty put together a thing at uh, the BBC um, okay. on, on Farwell and North. Yeah. And it was people, I don't, I think you were in it. You might have done Carlin, but we did. We did. It was like a cover band. Oh yeah, uh, I've always talked about wanting to do that. That's I did. I did Lenny Bruce's. Are there any niggers in the crowd tonight? Oh, yeah, God. yeah. And I wasn't there for that, but I remember. I was in Vegas at the time, and it went well. It went yeah. well, but but it was doing this? that now. Pre- imagine Obama. that now. Eight, two thousand eight, and two thousand nine. So Okay. Yeah, the very first BBC show, uh, BBC was show was uh, the I think within days after Obama got elected, and Travis Lipsky was the headliner, and we had all gotten up and we had done our shit, and he got fucking plowed, and he was calling us all racist and shit because we were fucking calling out Obama for our personal opinion of him as a politician. So he was pissed that we weren't fucking. Uh, uh, hypnotized 
by the fact that there was a half black guy and then we had to suck his cock for everything, you know, and we just pointed out like, yeah, this is kind of weird. And this is kind of weird. You're racist. No, I just hate politicians, you know, it wouldn't oh. fucking matter who won that election. If fucking, but you uh, couldn't do that show. Now you couldn't do that. Like, like any of those bits. Cause he was having us. I remember he was having us do these classic bits. Like there was a car. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah. That everyone's was, like, and I see, like I said, I watch these movie reaction channels or something, and they always say that didn't age well. That joke didn't age well. It's like no, reality it didn't age has well. Yeah. Reality's infantilized or whatever. And so you know what I mean? Like it's exactly. It's like the, the joke is home- a fine wine. You motherfuckers just would rather drink Kool Aid. It's like the whole world has become a fucking second grade class, and everybody's tattling. It's it's really fucking yep. bizarre. Yeah, it's you insane now. You guys got to get reactions of black people watching Cactus Jack. Yeah, you got to do those videos. That one guy, that guy, did a yeah. We need reactions. But see, here's the problem with the reactions: review. as I, soon as somebody knows they're doing a public reaction, they become performative, and they're right. much more likely to adopt the stance of "Oh, fuck this!" No, you didn't. They're much more likely to have a considerate watch of it if they're alone in the dark without a camera on them, the audience, you know. See, I just don't get the concept of all these reaction videos. I mean, like in this case with Cactus Jack, I would get it, but like there's Cactus uh, Jack's like two girls, one cup, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a little yeah. out of the norm, but like, why do you? Ha- why does there are fucking ten thousand videos of black people watching Motley Crue videos for the first time? Why I actually there- love those. I love I those love too. Love those. Not it's, necessarily. Not it's necessarily a common ground because I'm not a metalhead, but like, <laughs> I love watching young people whether and a lot of times it's it's people of color who are doing these. yeah but like there's this one and she she calls herself two sushi and she's yeah, like her. in her 20s she's got love reactors i want to actually have reactors and she on the watches, show by the way she watches like old elvis performances for the, first the righteous time brothers ever. and it's like and she like cries and she's like blown i love seeing young people embracing and being blown away by shit that blew me away See, yeah, I could I, I can understand that to a gr- to a degree, but at the same time, the other part of my brain is saying, "Are we so bereft of fucking actual, legitimate, decent entertainment that we're not watching people yeah. watch shit and get oh, yeah. their we opinion?" Are. That's kind of a. But sad here's the thing: it's kind of the realest shit, though, because we, I mean, Chris and I, as content creators or whatever, we kind of get sick of make em ups too. We call them Natasha Legero. I think was the first one I heard refer to. She was like, "I only watch documentaries. I can't watch make em ups." Who cares? Some fucking writers like, let me tell you a story about these fake people that don't exist and shit. I'm like, I hear you. So when you watch a reaction video, you're watching like these people first off, discover something, which is cool. Secondly, fall in love with something that you love. You know, when you go to show a friend, you're like, dude, you got to hear this song. You got to watch this movie. And you just watch your friend's face while they watch the movie. It's that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. There's there's a lot of of, of them with with black guys watching Bill Burr do all his yes. racial <laughs> his racial stuff. I haven't seen and they all yet. love it. Oh, it's fucking phenomenal. They all I, love it. What I like to do is when I'm watching because YouTube they, just randomly pops well, shit up, you know. So if it comes on, I'll just watch it. And um, so I like to watch them project their shit onto a performer's art. You know, there's and I obviously go back to a motley crew as an example but there was this uh christian 
and she happened to be black, but she was watching wild side video. And, um, when it gets to the, uh, we keep our death, uh, wish list on our death list for my mail to me in hell, all this cops die, babies cry, murder, rape. And she's just the like, good shit. yeah, see, these guys are good at heart because they know there's when the Jesus comes around. And I'm like, I, I don't think that they were thinking too much about Jesus when they fucking did wild side. You know, so she was projecting her sp- spirituality oh, sure. onto for that. Sure. That I find interesting. I mean, humans in general do nothing but project their shit all over the place. It's almost all what it is. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. That's in crazy, the wheel. Um, I spun it last time and it landed on an audience participation one of eating intelligent animals or eating octopus, eating, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Do you eat, like, have ever, have either of you ever dabbled with veganism because you don't want to eat animals? Yeah, I figured you struck me as kind of the empathetic type who might be like, what the fuck are we doing? Eating no, I need, I need there to be eye contact with the animal. <laughs> I need the animal. I need it. Explained. I need a fist in its ass and its <laughs> eyes locked on mine. <laughs> yeah. I need the animal to understand. I, if, if I love getting the, I love lobster. So I'll, I'll, the animal usually the live being lobster, but I take it home for two weeks before I have it killed. <laughs> I play with it. It's dried out, just spray it with a hose once in a while to keep it yeah. alive. Fuck that. Fuck Ecological torture of the lobsters. It's got a car battery and a lobster in his kitchen. <laughs> like, what the fuck is happening in here, dude? <laughs> uh, Somehow octopus. I don't think that that's a joke. So Lambda was that? So you actually had something real to say though, as much as I'm all about the jokes here. Um, um so yeah, real. you actually dabbled in veganism. I want to say veganism, just vegetarianism. Mm-hmm. Um, tried about 20 times. I just can't. I'm a fucking huge hypocrite, man. Yeah. But I can't do it. I I, I think the long, longest I made was two months. Was uh, it was it health motivated or was it empathy no, for the animals? Empathy for the animals. I've up until recently I've never tried to eat because of health reasons. <laughs> Have you tried to reconcile just the fact that you're part of the food chain and our bodies thrive on protein and shit, or are you still just like, fuck it, I'm a hypocrite and a piece well, of shit? I'm I am a hypocrite this. and I feel shitty because I am a hypocrite, but at the same time, there is the food chain. But then you have to, once you acknowledge the food chain, then you have to acknowledge that if, like, if I were to be diagnosed with cancer tomorrow, well, that's part of the fucking food chain, the microcosm food chain, and I'm just food for the cancers. You know, so that would, in my mind, well, I, my, I, I've been feeling such like a hypocritical shitbag for eating animals all these years, and now I've got a cancer eating away at me. That's my karma. You know, I, I'm not going to say that about other people because that's not, you know, how they want to perceive it, but that's how I would perceive it as myself. You know, but um, animals are delicious. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, they are. really are. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, every body literal is literally different. Every, every, every physiological makeup is different. Some people need to have a vegetarian diet. Some people need animal diets. Some people, people need a mixture, you know, it all depends. And physically I can't do it. I just feel like shit. I don't feel healthy when I'm doing vegetarian. I feel really shitty, you know, but whereas when I'm eating protein, I feel better eating protein. So that's, that's just my body, I guess. I like the vegetarians who 
eat chicken and fish. See, that's like about only where I was at. Fur-bearing animals. Like pescatarians only eat yeah. fish. Yeah. Kurt Cobain I, said it's okay to eat fish. Fish don't have any feelings. <laughs> I, I, I eat a lot of chicken and fish, but I don't do it like, well, it's because they don't have feelings. Even, even with chicken and fish, I know that they have personalities and they have feelings. They have a brain. They have nerves. They can feel pain. Um, they are able to rationalize in their own species kind of way. So, but the you know, fucked up thing just, is there's some evidence that plants might too be able to feel pain and essentially scream, et cetera. Right. You know I mean? Right. So, so fuck so, you, man, there's no, Yeah. <laughs> there's no way of getting out of this shit. <laughs> One of the most annoying fucking things in the world is a fucking righteous vegan. They're they're right up there with the fucking self-righteous born again Christians. Yep. Like if they joined joined together to make this one huge group, I think we would all be safe to say we would probably encourage fucking murder in the streets where we would just kill self-righteous vegans and self-righteous born-agains. Fucking, you know? fucking photosynthesis deniers. Right. Pricks. <laughs> Capillary action denying motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Should I spin this again? Yeah, spin it. <laughs> Don't you do this to me again. Well, you make a horrible fucking Pat Sajak. You know that? Ooh, ooh, what is it? What is it? You know what it just went on and it went back it was on vegan murder. <laughs> was it really? Yes, the green one is vegan murder. Um, diamond skull. Did you guys see that fucking rapper who had that diamond implanted in his skull? Fucking Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, dude. I just wanted to be able to put a picture of him up here. Dude, why are you shrouded in darkness like the fucking emperor? Yeah, back up a little bit, Jeff. Uh, there we go. <laughs> oh shit, that was creepy. That was terrifying. So if you lean in close enough, you can see the taxidermy behind him. I think it's because of the light. Yeah, yeah. But if you stay right there, it's it's centered behind you, and you have a you have a you have an aura, oh you have God. a glow about you. That's this one came courtesy of Gaul. What is currently in your spank bank? <laughs> what are you thinking about when you jerk off these days? Is it someone you knew? Is it an old flame? Is it some uh, fantasy man? What is it? Who's the first one to answer this question? Oh, you're the only one who has. Yeah, this is for guests. Oh, I thought we all had to answer. No, you answer, we mock. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, uh, obviously, Michael Gall and Jay Thornton are right up there in my spank bank. That goes without saying. Cheers. Um, It involves a tandem bicycle, of course, and bunk beds and other things. But, uh, huh. I don't know. I've been. There's there's a lot that's in my spank bank. I I'm an equal opportunity spanker, you know. Like, are you chronic? Same... Like, how many times a day do you jerk off? It depends. It depends uh, on on the road a lot. Um, like while you're driving on the road? No, I haven't done that since I was a kid. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. But uh, uh, I I I guess. At least three times on the road, three times a day, sometimes wow. four or five. Depends if I'm stuck in a hotel for fucking 23 hours, you know, or if I can get women to come back. And even then, I've got this new thing where, like, 
I just have them fucking basically strip, but without taking off their clothes while I spank it because I don't want to get any diseases or anything anymore. But uh, strip without taking like pantomiming it, like mime stripping. What I like is for them to show up in whatever, whatever they feel the sexiest that they their clothes that they wear, like because everybody's so self-conscious so it's just like i want you to dress in that outfit that makes you think every fucking guy is looking at you in the club and then come back and twerk and taunt me and tease me and tell me i can't have it and that's about it you know i mean sometimes depending on the girl will go you know if it goes further but uh when i'm at home i don't know it's boring i guess just the occasional porn or i don't even like I don't know. Penny's catalog. If if I need, you know, I'm I'm a, I got a good imagination. Old so, school, the pre-internet yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. I don't need porn. It, it, it's fun because you know, like, I, I love watching the skanks on fucking. It's, it's now that insane. Craigslist has cracked down on shit. How do you get these women into this room of yours? There are still ways to do it <laughs> off like of Craigslist. Gain. Oh, is there? Okay. Oh, oh, there's the there's the pull up in the car and say, "Do you need a ride?" You know, there's <laughs> there's the duct tape and have handcuffs. I'm just kidding. So you go find like that area of town and cruise around and shit. No, no. Um, a lot there's of them are just from the show. I do oh, bits yeah. and they come up to me after the show, kind of like when I was doing drugs you and how groupies. So I, wouldn't say I wouldn't say groupies. I would just but say they're more like but, lot lizards in the comedy scene or something. Oh yeah, absolutely. And some yeah. of them not aren't even like they're just yeah, they just want to have a good time. You know? And yeah, it's just like sure. I ain't here to judge you. Who the fuck am I? I'd be, nah, fuck no. Uh, if I could if I could just fuck good to hear five that that's still day, part of it out there, you know. Yeah, there, there has to be happening. I would think at 48, I wouldn't have such a high, high sex drive as I do. But I think uh, because I grew up so fat, ugly, and with such esteem issues, and I didn't get girls for the first 25, 30 years of my life, it's like now that I can get them, I want them all. You know, so I want like fucking 10 in a bed at one time if I can get them. So I don't know. <laughs> but cheers. Yeah, my my sex drive is fucking you know that almost killed me that one day. <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> uh, she's in Horse Gap, Kentucky, having a coronary. Which one of you guys believes that the reality we live in is in fact a simulation? Uh, I want to hear Carl's opinion on this one. I want to hear both of your opinions on this one instead of mine. I I don't I kind of kind of I, like like the end of Saint Elsewhere. <laughs> Elaborate. <laughs> we're yeah. just we're just in some autistic kid's snow globe, and the whole thing is in his fucking head. <laughs> That's um, ableist. <laughs> well, God Yahweh is just some autistic kid. Yeah, gotta be. Yeah, come on. Definitely, definitely, definitely not real. Definitely, definitely <laughs> simulation. <laughs> what about you, Lampton? I had the weirdest experience a couple of weeks ago. I was trying to sleep, but I couldn't. And then 
I had a voice tell me you're having a uh, you have an embolism in your brain, and my my head was feeling really weird, and it was almost like I was inside my head watching it, and then the voice said, "Don't worry, it might hurt now, but you're it's like being in the matrix. You're going to be disconnected for a few minutes, but then you'll come back online, and it'll be different." but just don't worry about it. And I'm not a big matrix fan. So it was kind of weird that the mm -hmm. voice in my head told me it's like the matrix. And I don't even really know exactly the whole matrix thing anymore. So it's just, I don't know. I think, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. It's so fucking hard to say. Like, what about you Thornton? What it really boils down to for me, the most interesting part of it all is the discussion on free will. If it's purely, and I believe whether or not we're in a simulation, there's a good case to be made. There's no such thing as free will. Everything's inputs and outputs. And we have these minds that obviously are capable of overthinking and overanalyzing and making rationalizations and justifications for everything. So we rationalize that we have free will and we're making these choices and we have some hand in our fate or whatever, some self-control that we can practice, but we really don't. So you believe in destiny then is what you're saying? Well, it depends on what you mean by destiny. If it's like some preordained thing by this higher power, no, not really at all. So I, I guess I'm confused because if you, if you don't necessarily. Well, there's a difference between a destiny will. just because of the connotation of it. When you load up destiny, it seems to mean like there's almost a moral aspect to it where like, you're fated to have this outcome in your life because of certain things you did in it, maybe, or whatever. I don't know. Is that what some people would kind of say partly is the destiny thing? To me, it's more just about predetermined outcome. Yeah, I think, I mean, a lot of people, destiny could be so yeah. subjective. Some people look at it as like a karmic thing. Like Ooh, you but I would say if you on. disengage from any of that kind of spirituality and shit with it, just a mathematical predetermined outcome. So who say, or what is predetermining the outcome? Just the dominoes falling. Huh. The, just molecules bouncing off of each other and shit. And this is how like it's that guy's going to be Steve Jobs. That guy is going to never not be homeless. That yeah, just the way matter has bird. arranged itself with the momentum that it's on. Do you believe it keeps going after we're gone then? Well, yeah. The energy? We're just, yeah, yeah. There's you know supposedly a finite amount of energy in the universe slash multiverse which i guess could be jumping between multiverses through black holes etc but chris would be way better talking about this shit than me by the way <laughs> this is like such a layman's grip on any of this um but yeah i think to even think of like the energy that comprises us i mean you don't even have the same physiological makeup after so many years of your body exfoliating and recycling and fucking purging itself of dead cells and shit so the matter that was you as a kid is already moved on to other shit. Do you, you know feel I mean? like, do you feel like then if, if things are sort of predetermined, a, a person's outcome is basically predetermined and what you do in the middle of that, you have, you have moments of free will, but for the most part, you're on this roller coaster. You're in this roller. I'd say you have none. I just have say there's moments where it appears to you and feels to you like you have free will. For right, some people, really, those are all the time. For some, you yeah. really don't. It's like the difference. The guy who finally gets in shape was it because he finally, or was it just like that's 
the how the landslide worked out. That's how the avalanche of time it. worked out. You know. Yeah. Eventually, there were enough inputs for this output to come out. But it was always going to be that he got in shape. He just needed yes. to find the way to it. Like you know, Kurt Vonnegut, little finger puppet here, Kurt Vonnegut, the Charles Medorian. I don't even see that. <laughs> that's the whole thing is the Charles Medorians see in the fourth dimension. So they see everything that has happened, will happen. And it's all in a soup there at the same time. But we live in the third dimension. So essentially, we're looking through a telescope as we move along on a train track. And that's how we perceive time and events. And it seems causal and shit to us. See, you but it's just a, a matter of perspective. You bring a good segue into a reality that can be confusing is that if you go into a dream world, you have things like lucid dreamings where you can change your dreams and you're living your, the dreams are so realistic. You think that it's, it's a, it's a different right. universe, a different world. There's also dreams where there are precognitive dreams. Those are, those have been proved. I can, I can give at least fucking a hundred examples where I had precog dreams. There are other dreams where it's, as a filmmaker, what as a filmmaker, what are your opinion on dreams? Is I'm kind of interested in what you would look at from that perspective. I mean, I don't know how much bearing they have to me as a filmmaker, but uh, I'm at a point where my poor sleeping habits have fucked me up so bad. I very rarely even dream, let alone remember dreaming. So I have a different relationship with dreams than I had in my younger life when I had vivid fucking dreams, and usually nightmares and horror shit which informs yeah, the kind of films I, we make you know i remember you telling me you used to have night terrors when you were a kid not night terrors i was never like physically active and shit but i just remember i mean my mom let us watch anything dude like i would have freddy krueger jason Voorhees dreams at like six that serial killers are after me and shit because i was watching those fucking movies before bed you know right um, right so and just you know my dad took off when I was uh, really young, so abandonment issues, and I think I've just been in some fucking fight or flight anxiety cycle my entire life. And I think that most storytellers and creatives are because I think that kind of neuroses is like part and parcel with the process. What is being a writer is thinking of worst case scenarios for your characters. So what is having anxiety? It's just constantly being stuck in this feedback loop of thinking of worst case scenarios, and the worst shit's always happening. Right, or writing is like an actual creative outlet for that kind of energy. You know what I'm saying? Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. But uh, as far as being a filmmaker, I mean, I see the way cinema and dreams kind of work in a similar fashion. You know what I mean? The way they engage our senses. Here's, I don't here's... remember smells in dreams. Do you think of smells often in dreams? Yeah. Yeah. Believe it or not, one thing I didn't do in dreams a lot was laugh. And one time I woke up laughing because I was laughing in the dream and I realized I really don't remember ever laughing in a dream, but I woke up laughing so hard and I'm like, this is awesome. But one thing that people don't realize with dreams is that now every night you go through the sleep cycles and you go through different stages of REM, you go, the person usually goes between anywhere from three to five to six stages of REM and deep, you know, and in sleep labs, if they wake them up in stage one, they, uh, the first cycle, they, they, they give the recount of the dream and it's usually very long, drawn out, very boring. And then the second time it's a very, very, 
similar to the first dream, but it's edited down. And by the time they get to the last dream of the night, it's an extremely compressed version of the first dream. So your mind is fucking being an editor and a director where let's see the first version. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know that. And I, I find that very fascinating that our mind has the ability to fucking edit the dreams and then re show it to us at the end of the night, you know? So and that's interesting that when you do compress it like that, then you get some loss and sometimes that loss is logic and shit. So, you know, with dream logic where it's like, what the fuck is this surreal thing? Because all the connective tissue has been edited out, you know. Well, there's a couple of reasons for that. The physio- phys- physiology of the of the dreaming mind, um, you you lose a lot of your executive motor functions, including like logic and stuff like that. So that's a big reason why that. But I have a theory that um, by the time it gets compressed down because it eliminates a lot of the mundane and boring that you're not going to remember and you're not going to for the most part remember most of your dreams anyway so when your mind creates these really fucked up scenarios is your brain's way of saying that this is important that you need to know this and we're going to put it in such a way that it either frightens you it confuses you or you're just going to wake up wanting to know what the fuck because you can feel the physical emotions when you wake up that are attached to those dreams. You can wake up horny, you can wake up scared, you can wake up nervous, you can, you know, there's so many different emotions you can wake up to that were based on the dream and that dream will dictate your day, you know? So it's- I like to combine horny and scared. (laughs) I love talking about dreams with you, Jeff, because you you are so, this is like an area of study for you, obviously, for decades and decades. Yeah, yeah. I keep- I, I do this thing and off air, obviously. I wanna I wanna talk to you at some point about this this thing that's been going on with me. Every time something significant uh is in the process of happening or has just happened, like like since since Cactus Jack's release and in the week leading up to it, and then in the first couple of days after it came out, when we were getting good news about, oh my God, it's sold out on this one and they're, it's on back order now and all that stuff. I have nothing, I've had nothing but nightmares. Oh, obviously. Well, and you got- what, what's weird is that they will, and they're all, I'm being chased and there's some guy trying to give me money or something. Again, I'm running and I'm like, it's a diehard movie and i'm just trying to get away from this that's my life. real life fucking bell collectors chase yeah. me that's what being a fucking that's but what it's the in indie filmmaking he's dream trying to results give in. me money mm. but you and run from success happen, you have no, wait, a fear wait, of success wait, yeah wait, i gotta ask i gotta yeah, ask the question stop okay <laughs> i'm gonna actually go silent for a minute while i make a phone call but I'm it'll wake me up right and i'll be like i'll wake up i'm now awake and i'm going okay that's fucked up and, I, and i'll start like listening to an old radio drama or something or old Burns and Allen radio shows, which I have a lot of uh, on audible and I'll try to get it out of my head. And, and right when I fall back asleep, it's, it's, it continues. It's like there was a commercial and yeah. like my brain won't let me get away from it until That's- the story is told. That goes back to what I was saying about the the stages of of editing the dreams. Um, you're waking yourself up. You're being woken up in uh, in the middle of a sleep cycle of REM or late NREM where you're dreaming, 
and you're waking yourself up and then you're going to distract yourself for a little while. But when you go back to sleep, you're not going through the four other stages of sleep. You're going right back into late and REM or REM. Ah. So you're going to go right back into the dream and it's going to be compressed and it's going to pick up where it's left up because your mind is really trying to tell you something, whether from so many and we, you and I have talked about this for so long since we've known each other. You have a huge fear of success. Yeah. You've, you've got a fear of failure. You've got a fear of success. Yeah. You know, you've got it all. I'm pretty um, good at failure. I'm not afraid of that. I'm no, comfortable you, there. You, you, you're comfortable <laughs> with it, but you, you've got a fear of it because, yeah. you know, you like to do what you want to do and you want it to be successful. But at the same time, you subconsciously sabotage yourself because you have a fear of that success. So that's your mind basically reminding you of some of your biggest fears yeah you know um but like i remember after your dad died i remember you coming over and we talked for about three fucking hours um like you were like you were on the ledge man you were like just you were you weren't in a good place and you didn't know a lot of things that you found out after he died and I remember talking to you about your dreams and everything. And uh, I remember just saying, yeah. just, just breathe. This is how it's going to go. This is what you need to do. And then two days later, you came over and you're like, dude, I did exactly what you said. And it was exactly the way it was because you were anticipating such a, such a fearful outcome. And you had so, so much anger, not only about your whole life, but at the exact situation of what was going on. So you were being blinded to the reality of the situation by, by basically a false sense of reality with your anger and your confusion. Yeah. Yeah. And that shit manifests in your dreams. You know, like everybody, everybody thinks dreams are just one thing. <laughs> oh, you know, people think like dreams are a, message from god people think dreams don't mean shit people think dreams predict the future people th i think they're a message from god and therefore they don't mean shit <laughs> <laughs> it's there's there's so many different reasons why we dream you know yeah it's it's your it's your psyche trying to work shit out or tell you something or teach you something but i think even physically it's just physiological it's the brain flushing itself out and there's that too. deciding there's, which neurons to keep synaptic and which ones to let dissipate you know there's it's the, the the plasticity is a big part of it exactly. um like uh gall said it's your subconscious trying to tell you something there's threat rehearsal um constant threat rehearsal that's one of the from my theory my evolutionary theory that I came up with, the very first reason, the first, like, dreams happened before mammals came on the scene. And I was in the reptilian brain when we weren't in the, uh, we, when, like, cold-blooded, like, alligators and shit like that, they don't get deep sleep. They're always in the precip of sleep. So um, have you guys ever had, like, hypnagogic or papnagogic stages? of dreams where you just hear auditory hallucinations or you see like a flash, like a kitten. Yeah. Like that's, that's before dreams started out like radio um, with, with, in my theory, with auditory hallucinations that if you were about to fall into a area of sedation where you would be vulnerable to prey or you wouldn't be able to keep your offspring alive, then your mind would say, 
don't fall asleep, wake the fuck up. And it would create an image or a sound that would scare you into alertness, immediate fight or flight. And it just, that's where dreams I personally think originated was with that original fight or flight of predation. And then as we, as we grew, um, we didn't need that as much because we had the security of houses and a lock, locked doors and all that. So it's like an app that you update and then it would move on. So then there's physiological aspects where the body is able to scan itself and tell you what's wrong in your body and say, this is, this is what's wrong with your body. It might, it codes it in ways you might not understand, but you'll, you'll know that you got to eat this certain thing because your body's lacking that nutrient. Yeah. Um, sleep. It's like the pregnant women wanting break dust because they're short on iron. Exactly. Exactly. Jay, I'm curious um, with about what Jeff was just saying about your body sort of skin, like telling you what you I'm curious before you were diagnosed with cancer. Oh, I thought you were going to roast me for being fat. Dreams? I was so fucking happy. <laughs> That's part of the piss and vinegar are supposed to be a shitting on each other. No, no I'm being serious. Did you have my doctors think that my that? chronic lack of good sleep probably gave me cancer, at least in part. But because did you have those fucked stages up dreams? of sleep? No, I'm saying I haven't fucking remembered my dreams for ages, dude, like oh. a decade. But well, you, oh. you always dream. You just don't remember them. That's the thing. Well, you, like I got this whoop strap to try and track and shit. And there are most nights I have minimal, if any, REM sleep. Like I just really? don't hit the shit. So you I'm got not apnea that or what's going on? That's part of it. But uh, I got all kinds of sleep issues. <laughs> Yeah, he's always issue. under the influence of THC too. That that actually disrupts sleeping patterns greatly. It does. It does. Um, but that the kind of goes back to what I'm saying about the physiological aspect is like uh, about 96, 97, way before sleep apnea was really known. I came up with a theory about sleep apnea because of dreams, and I was able to start helping my friends and family. Um, figure out they had sleep apnea by talking like to the them about Marie Spicuzzo of sleep apnea. Well, it's not, these doctors stole it from you and fucking. Well, <laughs> there, were, there were quite a few doctors I was talking to about it way back Roast then. And they were just, yeah, they were looking at me like I was fucking nuts. I want to, I want to, I want to hear what he has to say, but remind me, Jay, after yeah. he's done with this about the Jean Marie Spicuzzo thing with Lampton, because he, oh, okay. he actually is. I don't know who that is. <laughs> All right. Don't worry about it. Finish your thought. Yeah, finish um, your thought. So, well, you I was kinda... already done with it. Okay. Here's how he really is this. Okay. He invented, Jeff Lampton invented Uber Eats, Grubhub, fucking, uh, what's the DoorDash? He used to do, he was doing this thing before yeah, those like were a thing. Food guy, the food guy he was calling him, he was doing food dude and you would food text dude. him and you would say, I want, uh, I, I was at work selling mattresses one time in Oak Creek and here's why you didn't succeed at this, by the way, Jeff. There's a couple um, reasons. <laughs> I texted you, this is the main reason. I texted a 400 pound ass ate your food on the way to bring it to you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I want I want a Whopper, but I want McDonald's fries and a pack oh, of smokes. Yeah, and he would go and do that, and he'd bring it. When he did that for me, he refused to let me pay him, even for the food. So it cost him money. 
Yeah, I did that a lot. And the time of each of those drive-throughs you're right. sitting in, he's and shit. paying for his own gas. He's he's spending twelve bucks on the food. He's spending another nine bucks on the pack of smokes. He gets, shows up to me, and I'm like, okay, how much? And he's like, eh, nothing. <laughs> you're a fucking saint. I love you. What's dude. even more fucked up is I was so pissed broke at the time too. Yeah, I'm just, you're a know. lunatic. Yeah, I am. <laughs> so who is this Gene Mark? Jean Marie um, wrote oh, uh, and directed the Scarapist. This by movie the way, that I was in. By the way, before we go any further, uh, Food Dude was created in '96. I thought it up in '96. Yeah. I didn't get to actually try it until. But see, you're you're like the type who's like, I want to provide a service and help people. Yeah, that's right. never going to make a big business work. You got to be thinking, how can I fucking maximize it? You know what I mean? You don't think entrepreneurially, which is one of the sweet things about you you know well i think entrepreneurially but i think entrepreneurially in a way is how can i make a lot of money to give a m- lot of money away like i wanted to exactly. create well, that's apps a, and all that shit right. you know but i've kind of changed my focus in the last six months right now i want a lot of fucking money man i'm sick of being piss poor i've done the same yeah i'm just so fucking sick of being broke man I was you telling could him do before. you could do the food dude thing again even though those other places exist because they only go to the one place, right? Like at work, for instance, where, where I work a lot. Sometimes I'll, I'll buy the kids lunch on a, on a Saturday, right? Uh, so I'll hand them my phone and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to buy everybody McDonald's. Take my, and we'll go on Uber Eats and they'll all pick what they want and we'll get everything delivered for McDonald's. There isn't a service that's how he's building that, his cult. that would get some people from <laughs> McDonald's. And you get Burger King for another person. You grab some Taco Bell for the third person. The problem is, is all that shit would be cold. Like, it would take so much time. They're not making multiple stops. They're going to one place. But how are you ordering? How would you order it? Because once you order... The multiple stops is a bad business plan, I'm saying. The shit's going to be cold and shitty by the time you get it. It's going to be all this different stuff. That's why I was trying to invent, like, an air crisper to keep fries crisp and freshy. Freshy, yeah, like fucking it, yeah. into your hands like Jack London trying to build a fire and shit. Well, I came up with a few ideas and I and it came up just as I was uh, having to stop food, dude. So I didn't get to try to implement them. But I mean, that's that's one of the big. You don't want to order fries through fucking nah, any of those places. Gross. Oh yeah, they're trash yeah. when they get there. It's they're yeah. useless. I throw them away every time. Yeah, and Taco Bell, your your tacos are going to be soggy. Your nachos are going to be soggy. That's why I always recommend separating everything. Tell them you want all the fixings on the side and you want the shells or you want all the chips and everything else. So that way, because you're going to lose so much, you know. But uh, back to your the guy who wrote Scare, Scarapist. Oh, yeah. Gene, Gene uh, wrote and directed and starred in The Scarapist, which was a movie that I was in, came out in 2015. Right. And she is adamant in her belief that different films and there was there was a there was a, an element of mind control and hypnosis <laughs> in the scarapist and it was based on something that happened to her she had a really bad experience with a therapist she really got super controlly and stuff <laughs> and and she is adamant in her belief that several films since then borrowed they Lady Gaga on her. Yeah. Okay. Basically. It's possible. Um, but, I mean. Like, huge, like, Get Out got their hypnosis thing from Peele her. She believes that Jordan Peele 
took the the mind control hypnosis thing from her like straight up took it oh and then, I see. okay even though mind control hypnosis has been a, a part of film right. since if you're dealing with tropes there's going to be parallel right. development you know now your parallel yeah. development hurts because it's something specific. she goes a little far with it like she believes that the film elvis the elvis biopic the one that Hanks, just came out yeah she believes that Colonel Parker's control over a young Elvis was motivated by the scare of this. So she needs to even go though back this happened therapy. in real life in 1954. Right. She, it's as she, if her film is the Forrest Gump of films, and it just touched and inspired all these other films yeah. inadvertently or something. You know what I mean? And it didn't have it, a because I remember it was a good movie. I mean, you 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 fucking had a you you did a great job in the role you were doing, but um that didn't have a big i just want to make a documentary about it like i want to shed a light on this little scene movie that has informed so many great movies <laughs> that we know you know what i mean it's well, done you, really well in streaming you're like, gonna make her psychosis even worse <laughs> yeah. if you do that i'm just saying just pretend like it's all real mm -hmm. it's done really well in streaming but it hasn't made her any money um but i love it, the lady by the way it's just a running joke she's a sweetheart that, i love her yeah like I, I was that. joking, like her tenth grade or play she wrote when she was ten was stolen by Robert Redford and turned into ordinary people and shit. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, like that a joke. to me to too. <laughs> that Robert Redford, you got to watch out for him. Yeah, fucking sticky fingered uh, motherfucker. I came up with a good fucking documentary idea for you last night. Um, Tom Klein, like, do a year. The film festival just ended last night. If you did, uh, if you followed him for a year from the day it the days after until the buildup of because he put so much time effort and work yeah. into that and and now and that Chris sky house took all the credit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, did they you got go the baby Jeff? on the way did you were you able to make it i yeah i went last night for a couple hours did you watch did you go for nosferatu no i left just before that uh, i was uh, i'm not did you see african kung fu yeah um, nazis nazis yes yeah course. that okay, was you. actually really fucking awesome yeah that I, was in the we judged God. we were like jury for yeah we, had, we were judges for that and my for notes are like, i can't say this is the best but it's the most entertaining to me it was i what it was the little things that I was. I, I got an obsession with fucking nazis and shit like that so i'm kind of comparing everything to it <laughs> that's why you're such good friends with y'all yeah. exactly <laughs> uh like what what was eva brown was even the tan one yes <laughs> i mean there was just these little and there's fucking uh like i came up with the idea like what if hitler was a fucking stand-up comic like a, a sketch where he's just fucking doing the going in the car traveling to the hotel he's got his merch he's trying to sell you know and he's trying Arm to push his message shit. yeah shit like oh, that oh these jews are making me <laughs> talk <laughs> oh, the mud people what um, about them dude we need to get a skit show going me, me and Tom are, are trying cast your uh, dog as Hitler <laughs> yeah my dog looks like Hitler I that? know that's yeah. fucking creepy and funny as shit <laughs> yeah um, did you, I, I was on Friday night I was the I emceed the um, the Q&A with Lloyd Kaufman after they screened his movie I heard you got mic jacked Oh, Mike yeah, you were up there. You asked the question, and somebody just fucking took the mic and started going off, and just fucking, basically, you got fucked, dude. Pray tell. Yeah, who was that? Oh, the guy who was with Lloyd. 
I don't know who did it, but Tom said, yeah, Gull was supposed to host it. He got up there and he asked one person a question. They just took the mic and like, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I'm like, well, fuck. The, this guy that this guy, I forget his name. I think it's Andy or something. Um, he, he was with Lloyd and <laughs> I was told beforehand that, that Andy would be working with the mic too, because Lloyd, um, kind of stammers sometimes when he gets excited and so he's hard to understand so okay. i was told that andy would be doing a lot of talking as well um i didn't feel mike jack i mean i i ended up with the mic i started with the mic i had the mic a lot he was what was happening was it was weird it was a weird setup because we were standing up in front of in the theater in front of the seats they had a stage set up but it was not a usable stage uh, okay. So we were just standing like in front of the screen and a que they'd ask somebody to ask a question and I would run up with the cordless mic, like Phil Donahue back in the, <laughs> yeah. the crowd. And then, and then, but then you wouldn't be able to hear Lloyd answer it. So I'd have, uh, I'd be like, okay, you oh up there. God. And I'd run up and he'd be like, what was it like working with so much diarrhea? And then <laughs> I'd run back to the stage and uh -huh. hand my, and had Lloyd the mic. And he'd answer it, and I go, okay, another one. And then I'm, I'm just, just wow. was, they needed two microphones. Yeah, uh, is what is what needed to happen. We dropped the was, ball there, Tom Klein. Maybe we should work a little harder next year. Yeah, Tom <laughs> was, but I I got to hang. I hung out with Tom and Molly a little bit on Friday. It was great to see them. And Molly's yeah. pregnant, and yeah. isn't even showing. She's yeah, like going to show him. She's showing. But it looks like she ate a sub. That's all. It just looks like she ate a big lunch. That's true. Dude, I'm showing. I mean, what the yeah, fuck? he's he's been pregnant for the last fucking three years. <laughs> but they're such nice people out there. I they, know. they treat you so. They treated me so well. It was. Well, awesome. that's the funny thing is the horror community and even like the hardcore horror community. A lot of them are fucking sweethearts, dude. Yeah, they like to you know dress up freaky and. You know. Boyd kept making references uh, about him and I cuddling. It was just, it was very. I can see him in your odd. lap. He nicknamed like me. He started calling me Troma Mike. Troma Mike? Yeah. <laughs> he dubbed me Troma Mike. And, uh, nice. Ross Bigley was there working the trauma table. It was he, nice he, to see him. I hadn't seen him in a long time. You could be the Toxic Avengers bastard son. Right. They had a guy in a Toxic Avenger thing. Oh, really? I, who joined I, us on stage. Yeah. That's it, cool. That sounds fun. He, there was a burlesque show before the before the the uh, screening of, of Shakespeare Shitstorm. So a bunch of fat chicks with black lipstick dancing, you mean? I mean it's Milwaukee. Yeah. Isn't burlesque just like for fat chicks basically though? <laughs> Isn't that like the bastion or you know the last bastion for Rubinesque yeah, yeah. I, I say, look, dude, I'm fat as hell, dude. I don't say it, you know, out Curvy. of spider disrespect. This is, I uh, thought that was part of the aesthetic. Like that lady in Carnival, that huge buxom lady, you know what I'm saying? Like, I thought that was part of the whole aesthetic. Yeah, it was kind of like that. It, yeah. it was, it's like that. Yeah, they're not they're not the same people that you're going to see at, at uh, Silk. Silk. Uh -huh. Yeah. But but it was a lot of fun. It was it was it was. It was a lot of fun. And Shakespeare Shitstorm, the movie that, that Lloyd Kaufman was screening. I heard it was pretty over the top. <laughs> oh my God. I mean Shakespeare Shitstorm. First of all, and I this was my this was my issue with the film. 
Uh oh. <laughs> My point of contention. So let's, let's hear it, Gene Siskel. The 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 shit storm that's it, first of all, it's a retelling of the tempest. Yes. So the storm, and, but it's a shit storm. Yeah. And the shit comes from this this guy gave whales super whale laxative. So these killer whales are jumping over this this yacht where there's a big ass party going on and their their rectums open and it's a shit store and these and most of the cast spends the entire rest of the film covered in shit and they're it's from whales right the shit has corn in it But the corn's huge. It's, it's <laughs> kernels. It's regular size corn, and they're just covered in. And there's there's corn everywhere. So I asked him. I asked Lloyd. I was like, okay, so where the fuck are these whales getting corn? And he he very seriously, straight face, said, "Well, Troma Mike, we shot that part in Albania, and everyone knows that Albanian whales eat corn." And he like turned away. Brilliant. Such a troll to the end. He's nuts. He's awesome and nuts. He's, he was so cool. He's one of a kind for sure. But here's how much I hate everything associated with celebrity. Like people were, everybody was getting their pictures taken, stuff like that. And we, were, we spent a significant amount of time Friday night like, to get next to each other. It never occurred to me to get a picture fucking thing. With light? Yeah. I was, I was I, like, I don't do that. Okay, let's do it. Well, he's not really a celebrity, though, is it? He's a fucking he's a, icon. He's, he's yeah. a cult celebrity. Right. Right. Like, if he was walking down the street of Milwaukee, downtown Milwaukee, nobody would know who the fuck he is. No, and people were, people were lining up to go get a picture taken with this guy. And hmm. I was standing there talking to him while they were doing it. And it never occurred to me to get a picture with him. Right. In, in any of the encounters that I've had with people who were well known, it's never occurred to me. No. To get to document, to get would you, would you write your name on this thing? And it's kind of that, back to their whole punching down thing. Like they're doing this math in their head that they're lesser than this other person. Or yeah. It's so weird. I'm always like, "What's up, dude?" Like Treat making a big deal like a out, of, out of people being able to entertain is just fucking weird to me. Right. Celebrities don't like that shit either. They just want you to treat them like a normal person. Uh, but, there's uh, a lot right. of narcissistic ones that want to be fucking. Uh, that's true. That's true. I, yeah, but there, yeah, there is quite. But a not few out in that. public and shit. They want their waiter to kiss their ass, but they don't want every person bugging them for pictures and shit. Yeah, they cherry pick when they want the fucking narcissism yeah. to fucking be out. You know, like I'm special here. Leave but me the fuck alone there. That's actually part of narcissism. <laughs> if you're talking about a true narcissist, they always right. need to control the environment. Right. So, if right. they're feeling it, it's like in the movie Soap Dish. Do you guys see Soap Dish? Oh, geez, so, so long Jr. ago. So there's the scene where Sally Field, the soap yes. star, is depressed, and Whoopi Goldberg, her best friend and the head writer of the soap opera that they're on, is like, "Should we go to the mall?" <laughs> so they go to the mall where she knows she's going to be adored, and that cheers her up. It's that, and that's Hilarious. like the whole, you know. I no, that was written in like late me. 80s, probably, right? Nowadays with the cell phones and shit. I think it's worse. Yeah. 
Like it's gross to be a celebrity back then. You can go out to the mall, you know what I'm saying? Or even throw your ball cap. And I bet these motherfuckers love the pandemic and the masks. Brad Pitt's oh, like, dude, I can throw on a mask and some shades and just fucking walk around. Yeah, Brad like, Pitt gets to go to the Piggly Wiggly without yes. people trying to take his pants off and shit. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, he's fucking a ham in the fucking freezer aisle. His pants are already off, as <laughs> is. But Michael Jackson was way ahead of the curve with that fucking face mask. Yeah. <laughs> he would have rocked this pandemic. He, he would have rocked it. Oh, he fucked. You think he was covering up nose jobs? You think that's what it was? Plastic surgery? Probably it was probably had it. a lot to do with the heal yeah, the healing from the latest thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wonder if he realized character. he was looking like a freak. Only if know? he had mirrors in his house. You know what sucks? No one will ever make like a real Michael Jackson movie. They'll make some shitty biopic like the Queen one and shit where they don't hit the real dirt, dude. It should be like the castrati aspect, the whole thing with the doctor and shit. Like he was so closed off on his fucking on his true emotions and feelings, though. So it would yeah. be almost impossible. I'm saying but that's I, why it'd be a fascinating movie. It'd be like some "There Will Be Blood" type shit. Do it. <laughs> I'm just saying you can't. I uh, wish there was footage that would that was available that 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 I could see of him taught, speaking normally. Like I've watched interviews and I've read interviews with uh, Lisa Marie Presley, to whom he was married back for like 20 minutes. Right. And she said, she says that he used to in private just talk like a black dude. He didn't, sure. he didn't do the whole thing. Like he'd finish with an interview and be like, thank you so much, guys. The door closed. Oh, these motherfuckers won't be the fuck oh. Oh I didn't God, hear he talk like a black guy, like walk around and go, you don't know what I mean. I ain't got time for this. But like he talked like just a normal dude, like a normal black dude. Well, he's a black guy from Gary, Indiana. So yeah, but he was like castrated, chemically castrated before he hit puberty, essentially, right? I want to find out the whole like there's so like do you guys think he molested those kids? Yeah. You do? But I don't think he would I don't think he thought he was molesting kids. I think he had that part of his life not exist. And that's at the point at when he was the age of those kids, he wasn't allowed to be a person. He wasn't, a, he was a product. He wasn't, right. so he never had a childhood. I think he was just having a, the childhood he could have with people of that age. And as, yeah, I don't think he, I think he <laughs> did the thing. I think he did the things, but I don't think he thought he was doing anything wrong for the most part at first. Well, yeah. If, if, what about you, Jay? What do you think he, he did or didn't? I don't have nearly enough evidence to make up my mind and say one way or the other. I would say, obviously, the whole arrested development thing right. is a major factor and it should be taken into consideration. And it's funny how much empathy we have for people with mental illness until their mental illness makes them do something we don't like right. Roseanne being an example Roseanne's tweets oh Roseanne with the traumatic brain injury and shit Roseanne who you know what I mean who also has done oh, all these I, things to champion I forgot about the the, you know, the tweet yeah. the tweet wasn't even offensive so they just oh, don't fucking... even get me started on that tweet first of all that person did look like a 
Planet of the Apes character. Yes, yes. The hairdo was not helping you. She wasn't Valerie going Jarrett. after any she kind of racism. She is a very ambiguous-looking person, and there is some... Yeah, and when, the, when it came out that that person was black, I was like, really? You didn't even know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But that's where we are. It's that trigger where they heard the word, hit the panic button, couldn't process any of the rest of it. You know what I mean? Somebody was looking to bring her down before that tweet Fuck even came Whitney out. Cummings, too. Whitney well, Cummings. I hate Whitney Cummings. Whitney Cummings was like the lead writer on that show. And she was essentially, I got the impression, the one who blew it up. She really? is a modern female comic could have easily defended Roseanne and try and defuse that shit. But no, she was like, I can't work with somebody who's doing it. She fucking virtue signaled and killed that fucking show. They had Roseanne's the show that she built off of her own fucking life and everything. That's uh, what I don't get is how they were free. able to even legally. It's her. their own shit. As soon as you sell to them, it's theirs, dude. That's so fucked up. That's why Hollywood's the devil. It's always a deal with the devil. That's why you should write novels because then Lampton, smart, you sell the literary rights to your novel, you retain copyright. You sell anything to Hollywood that's just a script, they get copyright. They own it. Bullshit. I thought you could make out the deals where you get to keep complete creative control. <laughs> if you're Stephen no. King. No. <laughs> I suppose. If you're Jordan Peele nowadays. Well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> What have, <laughs> what have you been working on lately? You guys have been under wraps. And look, he just teed it up for the for the pitch. Yeah. Do you want to make uh, that part of the show? The pitch. I thing? say yes. Talk? All right. So you want me to tell the story of where this came from? Yeah. Which okay. we're going to rehash it in the next episode, I'm sure, because it's super relevant to the conspiracy okay. angle with Alex Jones, etc. But so, <laughs> did you see my Facebook status not long, like last week, Jeff, where I say? Hey, ever have one of those days where your movie does really well and the Illuminati tries to recruit you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that happened um, on Instagram. I got, I got this guy started following me on Instagram. And then he sent me, then he, uh, as the kids say, slid into my DMs <laughs> and asked me, basically was like, hey, man, you want to join the Illuminati? And it, it, it it became this whole thing and it was clearly a scam it was it, you know jay and i i was keeping jay in the loop and i was sending him screenshots of all the messages that i, I exchanged with this guy because it was fucking surreal and that was his benji bronk and fed him a few lines here and there yeah so the guy <laughs> the guy found the guy found me on instagram and and he he Asked me if I was interested, and I said yes. I want I want wealth and fame and power and all of this. I, I'm ready to change my life. So then he said, "Hey, get a WhatsApp." Do you know what that is, Jeff? You know what WhatsApp is? I've heard of it. It's basically for drug dealers and sex workers, I think, and scammers. <laughs> International people uh, use it a lot to speak yeah. internationally. It's a for porn texting. Star, a porn star I've been talking with is trying to get me to join that. I think. Yeah. So what you're saying is you're now the booker for Piss and Vinegar, the podcast, right? You know? Um, so I got a WhatsApp as Claude LeBlanc. And it, it, he, then he, then once I got the WhatsApp, the guy said on Instagram, I'm going to connect you to the grand master of the Illuminati. And then all of a sudden I get a, I get a message on WhatsApp saying hello how are you doing i am the grand master 
probably missing a period with a couple commas in the wrong place. Oh my god, it was it was awesome. And and so I'm playing into it. And I'm like, I am ready to change my life, Grandmaster. And he's like, you'll just need to do the initiation stuff and fill out. I had to fill out an application. I will guide the curse of the Illuminati with my heart. I will keep the secret of Illuminati secret. I will be my brother's keeper. I will be ready to provide the necessary. A year after my membership, I will bring a minimum of three members into the Illuminati. I will never undo this step I have taken today. If I fail to comply with the terms, may it cost me the wealth, power, and fame I received. Do they slow play for the stuff for like days? We're like, yeah. when are they going to ask for money? And I, I, I yeah, because I was basically what you're supposed to do when you're sitting in your in your in your boiler room telemarketing boiler room thing <laughs> in fucking India. You're supposed to say, okay, and ten minutes after you get my WhatsApp, you're supposed to be like, now you need to send me. Some uh, some cards, cards yeah. 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 But he kept it going. He was like, "Are you are you prepared to do anything? Do you want to change your life? You're gonna have to do some bad things and, and shit." And I'm like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go." <laughs> and uh, it he finally did the pitch, and it was for five hundred dollars. He, I asked him if I had to kill somebody, and he was well, like, "Because he had he mentioned like, the term blood sacrifice, blood sacrifice earlier. That's a huge." But his English was so bad that what he was saying in the message was that I wouldn't have to do a blood sacrifice. I would just need to get the items that I needed. So I then ran with it and Jay and I cooked up this thing where I was like, I killed, I just killed a homeless guy. I killed a homeless guy for this. And you owe me a new shirt because it's covered in blood and a knife. And then he was like, no, you don't have to kill somebody. You just have to send me five hundred dollars to get the to get the essential oils and your talisman and shit. Yeah, that's what the five hundred bucks for is like the Illuminati kit, the Illuminati oil, the Illuminati yeah. talisman, yeah. the yeah. Illuminati keychain and shit. Like so then I just kept coming back to him. And this was like the other night yeah. it hit its apex when when I found a crime scene photo of a just a blood-filled bathroom, and I was like, "This you won't buy. You ruined my bathroom." And I and this guy begged for his life, and he had five kids, and blah blah blah. And the guy's like, "No, no, you go kill somebody. You just gotta send me money." And I'm like, "It's too late. I tasted blood, and I like it." Well, and then by the end of it, he's like, "Good thing I, all that counterintelligence training I had in the military is gonna pay off." Things yeah. are getting hot here. I hear choppers. Radio silence from here on out. I'm out. And then like a day later, whatever, he resurfaces. Okay. <laughs> and two days out from you. I'll like be there soon. And shit. Yeah, the guy was trying to call him. Like He was trying to call me on WhatsApp. And so I sent him a message. Don't call me. They could fucking trace it. Are you crazy? <laughs> we have to cover this up. No, 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 no. I don't have any money in banks. I have all my money in cash. I'm going to disappear. And I'll find you. And, and yeah, Jay's... Jay, gave me word for word this this thing of where it's like don't contact me i'll come to you and yes i know where you are because blah 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 why would i have agreed to this whole thing in the first place you think i don't do my research when i'm joining the illuminati and uh and then i just just i i deactivated the whatsapp thing i just disappeared (laughs) and deactivated it so that brings us to the 
so what are you two ugly fucks got coming up next, <laughs> you fucking behemoth looking job of the hut bearded motherfucker? What what this are you gonna do with this fucking emaciated albino Ethiopian? <laughs> <laughs> well, since you asked, you fucking sloppy diseased wannabe Viking driveway Rudy fantasizing Vince Neal sucking I wow. thought you were supposed to offend me here. It's so funny. <laughs> as, I, as I was going, I was like, am I just building a case here? That That's the kind of shit he has. His he idealized version of himself. <laughs> Wear your sexiest outfit. What is that? What is that usually? A lot when of you them. make the Craigslist hooker wear their sexiest outfit. Is it? It's what they think is sexy, right? Oh, it's so. not even hookers anymore. They're they're like like I say, members out of the audience or just chicks. Oh, who yeah, are... yeah. No, no, I was just being facetious. Oh no, I just want to clarify, you know, because chicks like to be fucking. So what I said anymore though, like he's graduated. I have, I have, <laughs> I've, awesome. I've got a story or towny thousand about prostitutes. <laughs> but yeah, why don't you close us out with a good hooker tale? Uh, what aspect <laughs> would you like to hear? I've got scary, I've got funny, I've Ooh. got heartbreaking, heartwarming. Oh, shit. What do you think, though? You got a preference? They I like a good fucking... scary hooker story. Okay, I'll give the one. Uh, Tis the season. <laughs> um, I picked this one up. It was most, I was mostly looking to get drugs. Um, I was leaving for like a month and a half worth of gigs and I was almost out of drugs. So I was, I asked her if she can get me uh Vicodin, Xanax, Percocets and something else I was doing at the time. I can't remember. And she said, yeah. And she goes, I'll give you a blowjob for 20 bucks too. Cause I told her I'd give her a finder's fee for getting the drugs. I'm like, okay. So then uh, she gets in the van and I start driving around and, um, I'm looking for a safe place and she goes, go there. And I've already had experiences where I've got robbed and shit like that. You know, like he kind of, I'm like, ah, I'm not too comfortable with that. And then I chose the cemetery off of six and Howard pulled into the cemetery. And then she wasn't was, too comfortable with that. <laughs> well, she, she, why are you going in here? I'm like, no cops. We'll be fine. And then um, she had been on her phone. She had been texting the whole time. And that aroused my suspicion. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, my gut told me, get out of the cemetery. So I pulled out of the cemetery. And then I noticed the car following me. So I did a couple fucking weird turns, did some speeds, speed ups. Car was following me. And then she, we, uh, she goes, go over there. And I pull up to like seventh in Cleveland and I noticed the car was still following me, but then there was three dudes walking towards my van. And then just as I'm, I'm probably doing about nine miles an hour alongside the curb and she just fucking elbows me and I go flying back and all my transmission is already fucked on my van, but I hear because she threw it in park. I'm like my uh. fucking transmission. And she hits me again. And then I feel the gun go against my head. Give me all your money, motherfucker. And then the other two dudes, I think one had brass knuckles and they were ready to fucking, I, I don't know. I can't say where it was going to go, but the gun against my head was kind of, eh, I think I'm just going to kind of give up control in this situation. And like a, 
So I give him my money and the hooker goes, she goes, you weren't going to pay me for that blow job. I'm like, yeah, I was. She goes, well, why are you driving around? I was like, I thought you were a cop. And she goes, ah, so fucking they're getting ready. And the guy goes, you wait here for like 10 seconds. I think it was. And if you leave before that, I'm fucking shooting you. I'm like, don't, don't worry about it. And they were, she was getting out. So I looked at him. I go, does this mean I'm not getting my pills? And they started <laughs> fucking laughing, dude. And then they're like, all right, just, just, and they walked away. And then that was the end of it. But for a minute there, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> And now we have the opening scene to our movie. Now, yeah. <laughs> nice. yeah, yeah. How many? How many times did you still go do the same thing after that happened? A lot. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, but I, I uh, once I stopped doing as many drugs, then it was you yeah, know drugs will take you down on paths. Yeah, you get the drugs. That's that's a gulp. You know, when you're doing the road, you want all your drugs before you go. Because you, one thing you never want is to fucking be in withdrawals on the road and have to fucking scramble. But mm. when you got fucking a shit ton of drugs that would probably get you thrown in jail for five fucking years, you try to still get drugs from everybody else. And you just ask the audience and they come <laughs> up and they, you take them right on stage or they come up. Everybody's always willing to give you drugs. So you can yeah, keep your stash. tales of you just pounding pills on stage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh, yeah his closer, his closing bit is either gonna be really funny or a someone pounding on his chest. Yes. Well that was those two yeah. times I OD'd. Man, your closer was a stroke of genius. <laughs> no, it's just a stroke. Yeah. <laughs> you calling me a genius? So what do you guys actually got coming up? Making this movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean uh, promoting, you know, Cactus Jack as much as we can in, in whatever way that that looks like, and and just seeing where it goes. Um, Part of it to me is just keep making new shit, and then they all promote each other. Yep. And you're not just harping on this one thing. You stay active, prolific, making shit. We took years to make that. I want to make this fast. Yeah, I got two more things coming out pretty soon. Um, I did a I did a, a horror movie, a vampire. And on, it's called The Undead and the Grimoire. And it was written and directed by uh, a guy named Brian Clewin, Clewin who won last year's um, Twisted Dreams Film Festival for the short film category. Nice. And this is his first feature. And I have a pretty sizable role in it. And it was a, we shot it last year. It was, it was a ton of fun. He's deep in post right now. And It'll be ready, you know, probably first quarter of 2023. Uh, and then I did a Ross Bigley movie that I I, sh I was shooting. We were shooting that piecemeal while we were doing Cactus Jack. And I played twins in that one. And uh, yeah, a hooker <laughs> chops my head off. Nice. nice. Yeah. So that's a Turn lot of fun. Mic, indeed. And that that should be Ross's. Ross takes Ross takes his time. He does it. He he wants it to be what he wants it to be. So he doesn't like churn Rush. stuff out quickly. So he's still working on post on that. Um, and that's that's going to be coming out probably early next year too. Um, nice. Yeah. So can you submit uh, Jack to festivals now that you've got a distribution deal? We have, but no, no one has the balls. Twisted Dreams the only ones that had the balls to fucking program it. Really? And we swept the awards, you bitches. So more of you should program us. 
Yeah. Oh, cowards. It's such a hard movie for anyone to say, you got to see this, man. It's awesome. Because then they're scared they're going to be misconstrued by the dummies is endorsing it, you know? <sighs> it's it's stupid, dude. People are dumb. But again, we just keep making shit and shit that's not like it so they can't yeah. pigeonhole us. Right. I think that's important, too. Yeah. I need to play a good guy. I need to play a good guy pretty soon. In well, both of these one, things but... that I have coming out, I'm a uh, shit bad guy. Um, I'm three pieces of shit bad guys. Well, start thinking about your character in this. One. This thing we were just talking about. Think of your character in this and find a way to humanize him. Let's uh, yeah, discuss ways to make him desperate as well. You know, yeah, you you got to raise money because you got something. You got to get you got to pay for your fucking wife's chemo or some shit. Yeah, you know something. Yeah, something. Why don't you uh, close us out with a heartwarming hooker story? Yeah, a quick one. A heartwarming hooker story. Uh, I really am a softy at heart. I was trying to think because there's actually quite a few. I mean, <laughs> there's 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 quite a few prostitutes that I've helped get off the streets, get sober, and get. The... Okay, there's there's the one um, met her on accident, uh, as I do most. Having Lampton as a John was such a traumatic experience that they just quit the bit cold turkey, <laughs> got their fucking life together, joined the PTA. Fucking... Was that Artie Lang? Artie uh, Lang's joke, or I, I'm I'm their rock bottom, or something like that. One of them rock bottom. But, uh, Sorry, go ahead. I had to. There's there's this one. Um, I thought she just needed a ride, and uh, she gets in the car and she's talking to me. She tells me she's on dialysis. And um, then she makes her pitch that, like, hey, I can't, I've got, I've got a criminal record. I can't get a job. I'm on dialysis. I go three days, one week, two days, the other. I can't get on a kidney list because of my drug issues. Um, so take her back to my place. We do her thing. And then we start talking and become friends. Um, and then it was, uh, we kind of dated a little bit, not like dated, dated, but just and then uh i helped her get a job by me at a particular restaurant and she worked there for a while and then she got the experience she needed um to get another job a full-time job as a waitress at another restaurant she got clean she got off drugs because she got clean and she got off drugs um they put her on the donor list to get the kidney and then um when I moved to Austin, um, that's that's when the that's when the heartwarming part ends, and uh, I went to call her to see if she got the kidney yet or what, and uh, I dialed the wrong person with the same name, and I'm too nice of a guy to hang up when she answered the phone. Oh, how are you doing? Somebody I vowed never to talk to again, all because they had the same fucking name. And then, uh, well, I want to go to your show next time you're in town. And then, then we all know what happened from there. So that heartwarming part of me helping a prostitute get off drugs, get off the streets, get a job. She did get a kidney, I found out. So she got her kidney transplant. And uh, that home heartwarming story turned into a living hell for me. All because a hooker with bad kidneys had the same fucking name as the devil. <laughs> and I'm too nice of a guy to hang up the fucking phone. <laughs> Masterful way to 
portray your plight and to carry us out of this because I had asked for a heartwarming one and you gave us heartwarming and tragic. Way to fucking punctuate it. All right. I guess that's the first episode of Piss and Vinegar, fuckers. Next time we will talk more shit and be meaner to each other. Yes. Yeah. You should have told me that really was the objective. The I, I would have been mean as fuck to you fucks. I know. I mean, the, I could have at least get to oh. the point of how your cock smells like fucking cheese and why you're paying me an extra 50 because I'm the only one I'll put in my mouth that I can stand that stench. Right. You I know? can talk about how Gaul's cock smells like Lampton. It does. It's weird, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't need to smell my own ass when I'm sucking his dick, you know? Like, like, dude, is that what my shit smells like? Oh, my God. Oh, my Explain God. so much. Oh. <laughs> and I would appreciate you not calling me. Oh, never mind. Look at the time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fuckers. Love both of you. Talk soon. Yeah. Bye. Keep in touch Make with me. Let me know what's going on. Absolutely, Absolutely man. All right. See you guys. Peace.